0: zero zero two at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC list twenty twenty at gmail.com.
1: Good evening, church members. Thank you for joining us in our podcast tonight and our friends as well around the world. We're thankful that you're able to tune in with us and listen to the podcast. Tonight we're going to be looking at second Corinthians chapter eleven verses 16 through 29 and the title of my message is boasting we're going to look at something the Apostle Paul is not known for something that he does here that uh, we don't see in in, uh, any of his other letters this is something very unusual for the Apostle Paul but let us notice how he boasts 2 Corinthians chapter 11 And we'll begin with verse 16 as we continue our study in this very important book. He says here, I repeat, let no one take me for a fool. But if you do, then tolerate me just as you would a fool, so that I may do a little boasting. In this self-confident boasting, I'm not talking as the Lord would, but as a, a fool. Since many are boasting in the way the world does, I too will boast. You gladly put up with fools since you're so wise. In fact, you even put up with anyone who enslaves you or exploits you or takes advantage of you. Or dares to boast about, uh, dares to put on airs, or slaps you in the face. To my shame, I admit you were too weak for that. Whatever anyone else dares to boast about, I'm speaking as a fool, I also dare to boast about. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they Abraham's descendants? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to do this, uh, to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I have received from the Jews the forty lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I have been continually on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in dangers from bandits, "...in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I have been cold and naked, besides everything else I face daily." The presence of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak? And I did not feel weak. Who is led into sin? And I do not inwardly burn. Father, we thank you today for the reading of this word. Very unusual, as we said at the beginning, for your servant to have talked like this. But Father, help us to Understand these things that will be beneficial to us as we unpack them today and as we seek to understand what you're trying to tell us. I pray your blessings on those that are listening tonight and I pray that all of us might have a greater understanding as we know your will and seek your leadership. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Tonight, as we look at this, boasting. One time, a sightseeing bus was making the the rounds through Washington, D.C., and the driver was pointing out spots of interest as they passed the Pentagon building he mentioned that it cost taxpayers so many millions of dollars and that it took a year and a half to build. A little old lady piped up in Peoria. We could have built the same building for less, and we would have been it would have been completed even sooner than that. <laughs> the next side on the tour was the justice department building. Once again, the bus driver said that it cost so many millions to build and took almost two years to complete. This same woman spoke up, in Peoria, we would have done it for less money and it would have been finished much sooner. Boastful pride, right? She was proud of her city and what they could do in her mind. The uh, the, uh, tour finally came to the Washington Monument, and the driver passed by it without saying a word. The older lady shouted to the driver, What's that back there? The driver looked out the window, waited a minute, and then said, Search me, lady. It wasn't there yesterday. (laughs) Pride. Pride. What the Apostle Paul does in this passage is contrary to his character. He never had any problem boasting about Christ and telling of his suffering, of Christ's suffering. But he was always hesitant to speak of his own painful experiences as a servant of the Lord. However, because of the spiritual warfare of the congregation in danger of being led astray, Because of these false teachers. These false apostles. And they're bragging about. How wonderful they were. He feels it is necessary to write about himself. And tell them about his experience. What he's gone through. He begins this in verse 16. And in verse 17. He isn't denying the inspiration of uh, of his words, but instead he is admitting that by boasting he was being very unlike the Lord. However, he feels that he had to do this to prove his love for the Corinthians and to protect them from those attempting to lead them astray. The Apostle Paul seems to be saying, since boasting is the thing in your fellowship, then I will boast. Perhaps he had the principle of Proverbs 26, 5 in mind, where it says, Answer a fool according to his folly, lest he be wise in his own conceit. These false teachers didn't seem to be ashamed to boast in order to help themselves, to make themselves look good, and to get the, what they could out of the church there at Corinth. Paul, on the other hand, was boasting so that he might help the church, not get something from them, not rob them. Up to this point, the Corinthians thought that Paul and his meekness was weakness and that these false teachers' arrogance was power. It's much better for me to seek the praise of God rather than the praise of people. And the Apostle Paul knew that as well. On a TV show, Jeopardy, they had a category that was called oxymorons. And oxymoron is a combination of words that seem to contradict each other. For example, old news, work party, hot chili, peace force, same difference, bad luck. Dull Shine, New Tradition, Harmless Sin, Loose Tights, Dodge Ram, Bittersweet, Jumbo Shrimp, Pretty Ugly, Icy Hot, Featherweight, Freezer Burn, Mandatory Option, Ill health. You get the idea. There are many words like that, many uh, things that we could think about that, that are oxymorons. You might say, well, pastor, where are you going with this message? Well, from a non-Christian point of view, who would put a v- adventure and Christianity together? What could be adventurous about sitting in a church, singing songs that are written 200 years ago, and listening to a boring sermon from the Bible? Well, even listening to this podcast tonight, right? Well, Acts chapter 9, verses 1 through 16, the Apostle Paul is the subject here. Listen to what it says. Meanwhile... Saul, meaning Paul, was still bearing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest. He asked him for letters to the synagogues in Damascus so that if he found any there who belonged to the way, whether men or women, he might take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. As he neared Damascus, Stood there speechless. They heard the sound, but did not see anyone. Saul got up from the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he could he could see nothing. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind, and did not eat or drink anything. In Damascus there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision. I've heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go. This man is a chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for your name. Now look at verses 23 through 28 of our text again. Are they servants of Christ? I'm out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, Been flogged more severely, been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers. Endangers dangers from bandits, in dangers from my fellow Jews, endangers dangers from Gentiles, endangers dangers in the city, endangers dangers in the country, endangers dangers at sea, and in dangers from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the presence of my concern for all the churches. Now think about what the Apostle Paul has said here. All these things that he's mentioned. And the things that it talks about, about what the Apostle Paul would have to suffer. That's a fulfillment of what Jesus had said about him to Ananias, isn't it? Does that sound like adventure? (laughs) What does the word Christian mean to you? To some it means a stiff, upright, inflexible way of life that is colorless and unbending. To another it may mean an exciting, surprise-filled life, challenges that come every day. Let me tell you about a British explorer who had excitement in his life. He's called Sir Ernest Shackleton. He was a British explorer. He was born in Ireland on February 15, 1874. He was educated in Doolwig College and served in the Merchant Marines. He was also a lieutenant in the Royal Navy, but he is known primarily for his exploits in Antarctica. He established all kinds of records in exploring this continent at the bottom of the earth. On one occasion while he was there, he ascended Mount Ebus, a mountain covered with ice 13,120 feet high. On January the 16th, 1909, he determined the position of the South Magnetic Pole. On another expedition, his ship, the Endurance, got caught in an ice pack and sank. He had to leave 22 men behind, and with five companions, he made a 1,200-mile journey In a 22 foot whaleboat through the stormiest ocean in the world to South Georgia, an island off the coast of Argentina. He went there for help. After four attempts, the stranded men who had been left behind were rescued more than 10 months later. On his return trip to the Antarctic, Shackleton had a sudden heart attack, and died at sea. His life was a life of exploitation, of pioneering, of adventure, of challenge. Before taking one of his trips to Antarctica, he assembled his crew by putting the following ad into a London newspaper. It simply said, men wanted for hazardous journey small wages, bitter cold, long months of complete darkness, constant danger, safe return doubtful, honor and recognition in case of success. The ad was signed Shackleton. Hundreds of respondents read the ad and said they wanted to be a part of that. They were ready to sacrifice all for the ecstasy of adventure and an uncertain honor. My question this evening is this. Should God's children do less? Where do we go to find adventure as a Christian? Maybe a missionary like David Livingston or William Carey an evangelist like Billy Graham, a minister to India's slums. The adventure of a Christian life begins where we are as we trust Christ as our personal Savior and we surrender our life to Him. It begins right here, right now. There are three unique qualities of a Christian life that makes the difference. We have a commander who, whom we can count on. We have a mission that's, that really matters. And we have an empowerment by equipment that is unequaled. Now let's look at these three things for just a moment. First of all, we have a commander we can count on. We have a leader who gave himself for us. John fifteen thirteen says, Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friend. The world offers us leaders who don't always have our best interest at heart. These people are going to serve for their own interest. Put themselves first. We have a leader that we can count on to give us direction in our life. The moment we trust Christ, the Holy Spirit takes up residence within us as our spiritual compass. When we find true north, everything else falls into place. And we have a leader who offers us straight advice, strength, and peace. Now, we not only have a leader that we can count on, we have a mission that really matters. Where are you going in your life? When your life is all over, what will you have accomplished? I heard a story about a reporter who came to a construction site and found three men who were working there. He asked the first man, What are you doing? The man answered, hauling brick. He came to the second man, and he asked him the same question, what are you doing? And the man replied, earning a living. And he came to the third man, asking that question, and he replied, building a skyscraper. Christians who live a life of of adventure see themselves as a builder. They have a vision of God's eternal kingdom and their place in it. What is a difference maker? A difference maker is an individual whose attitude, values, and actions encourage and help or in some way benefit the lives of others. We tend to think of big-name Christians when we think of difference different make difference makers, yet it's the faithful Christian worker who really makes the difference. General Douglas MacArthur is credited with winning the war in the Pacific, right? But you know it wasn't him. It was the privates on the beach and in the foxholes who actually won that war. Now we not only have a leader we can count on and a mission that really matters, we have an empowerment by equipment that is unequal. The Bible says that God instills in every believer a phenomenon called spiritual gifts. A divine enablement so that every individual can share in the adventures of God's plan. It may be the gift of teaching, of giving, of mercy, of encouragement. There are many others. Each Christian is equipped to serve God in the place where God has placed him. Unfortunately, many Christians are tour bus Christians. We talked about the tour bus at the beginning of this message. Remember, (laughs) going through Washington, D.C., looking at the different sites. Well, that's, that's something good, but that's not what a Christian is supposed to be doing, is it? We're not supposed to be just spectators. We're to be participants in the Christian adventure. Those that are tour bus Christians are insulated from the excitement of God's work. The adventure begins when we tell the tour bus to stop and let us off. And then we pray, Lord, I want to get into the battle. I want to play a role in the biggest adventure of all time. Use me, Lord. Can you pray that prayer? Ask God to use you to impact a teenager's life. Use you to ease someone's loneliness. Use you to witness to someone who's lost about Jesus. Use you to deepen someone's faith. Use you to help a broken and wounded person. Use you to feed someone who's hungry. Use you to touch lives in Jesus' name. We can do that. You see, the adventure begins when we allow God to use us right where we are in just simple things, we might think, as we look at the world around us and see the people that God has placed in our lives. But you see, as we impact their lives, we're on that adventure and God is able to use us to do marvelous, wonderful things in His name. Father, again, we thank You for the opportunity to come, of coming to You tonight, looking at Your Word and understanding what the Apostle Paul is saying here as he is seemingly boasting, but he's not really boasting about himself. As he was on this adventure... As He endured these things, these were all things that You brought Him through. And He was Your witness. He was able to influence lives for eternity. Help us to do the same thing as we journey through life. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Contact information is as follows. Dr. Steve Wood Pastor, phone or message at 64386541, email at Steve R. Wood 002 at gmail.com. Prayer requests can be sent directly to HBC Prayer 2020 at gmail.com. Thank you, and God bless.